Hey, Amanda. Hey, Tommy. What do you think Christmas and Playboy magazine have in common? Do you think anything? Well, it can only be one thing, and that's a Christmas story. It is, luckily, and that's what we're going to talk about today on Can We Talk About? What do you want for Christmas, little boy? My mind had gone blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. I was blowing it, blowing it. Come on, kid. How about a nice uh, football? 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 What's a football? (laughs) With unconscious will, my voice squeaked out. Football? Okay, get him out of here. A football? Oh, no! What was I doing? Wake up, stupid! Wake up! No! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Can we talk about a Christmas story? Yes, the I would say most popular Christmas movie ever made. Ever made? You think that? I'm trying I don't to think because we obviously we did an episode on Home Alone, but I mean Home Alone, yes. Elf, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's many, but a Christmas story literally runs for 24 hours nonstop. So I can't. Yeah. I don't see how you can compete with that. That airtime. We literally just started, but I'm already searching up most popular Christmas movies. It's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on yeah. 34th Street. Those are both like yeah you know, huge Christmas movies, but I just feel like this one gets so much airtime. And by doing that year after year after year, I feel like it finds new fans and I don't get annoyed that it's on all day. Like, especially on Christmas day. No, you're like in front of the TV, not in front of the TV. And every time you sit down, it's at a different part. So like by the end of the day, you've watched the whole movie. Uh, It's based (laughs) off of a little kid named Ralphie and it's kind of his coming of age story and all revolves around, um, this like one winter time Christmas era of his life. And, uh, you know, the, the normal hijinks of being a little kid, he deals with a bully. His father's a little bit crazy and his brother is younger. And the hijinks that go on with that, he gets in trouble with his parents for dropping an F bomb. He really, really wants a special Christmas present, which ends up being a red rider BB gun. And it's just basically his life that, that Christmas season. And it's actually based off of um, the guy who narrates the movie and wrote it. Gene Shepard. He also pops up in the movie. And I he does. He does. Forget this. Um, I heard he, he was a real up. pain in the ass on set. Like he kept what, trying really? to argue with the director about how he was doing things. No. <laughs> <laughs> I um, mean, I guess it is his story, but still. Yeah, there were like short stories, but he he's the guy, if if you're wondering, it, he's the guy who, when Ralphie and his brother go to see uh, Santa at the department store, he's one of the shoppers there, right? Yeah, and he's got his kid. And I think it's pretty crazy because I didn't realize until doing research for this that he these were short stories that he wrote that were featured in Playboy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, this is like the most wholesome yeah. <laughs> Christmas movie. And it was first told through Playboy. Yeah. I read Playboy it's incredible. stories. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I guess someone did and they made it a movie. <laughs> well, all right. And, and what's interesting about it too is in, it's in the US, it's played on 
loop on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. I always forget which one it is. Christmas Day, um, 24 hours. Okay, it is Christmas Day. Um, And it, I guess it started on TNT and now it's on TBS. Because of that, I and I feel like over the years too, like I always like sort of missed the beginning of the movie. But the beginning of the movie starts out and it's, you know, it's sort of, it is like that start of Christmas season and the movie ends on Christmas Day at the <laughs> potentially offensive Chinese restaurant. Oh, um that's yeah and the other thing that also gets me too and i don't know if you have this too any any movies in the early 80s there was a lot of this was 83 right 1983 yeah there's a lot of movies and tv shows from the early 80s around when i was born born that depict the 50s and i sort of like lose track of time on like when a movie's from so like I had the same thing with Greece. Like growing up, I thought Greece was actually a movie from the fifties. Not, you know, again, like, I'm, wow, I, I was John Travolta is really aging. Well, <laughs> and Olivia Newton, John, she's still a dime piece. Yeah. It was born around. It was born. The movie was born um, based in the forties, right? Is it based in the forties? I saw a thing that the timeline is like a little bit off, but it's like the one calendar has a date, December something, which actually happened in 1938 for that day in December to have fallen on that. And then there's a football game that the bears play someone, I think. Yeah. and that happened in 40 or 41 and then something else shown where it's 1940. So I would say somewhere between 38 and 41. No, you're, you're, you're right. It is, it is based in December, 1940. Okay. So you nailed it there. I didn't know that. I thought it was based in the fifties. That actually makes a little bit more sense. Maybe um, it was based in the forties, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of crazy. I didn't realize it was, it was that depicting that old, but I, all right. So, to work it backwards, it's based on the 40s or based yeah. in 1940. Um, and then when when did it appear in Playboy? So he was writing the stories in Playboy um, in the seven in the 60s and 70s. OK, that makes sense. Um, Some of his short stories were then collected from Playboy and put into a 1966 book that he wrote in God We Trust All Others Pay Cash. <laughs> Which is where most yeah. of the material for the book came from. Yeah. Nice. You know, I love, I love humor, humorist, anti-capitalist. It's very nice. It was very nice. Jokes. Yeah. Um, and then, and we can get into like all the sequels. There's also a new sequel that just came out. We can sort of very glaze nostalgic. over that a little bit. Yeah. But, but um, I will say the, to your point about like the movie doesn't get tiring. I was going to say the, the way the movie is presented in like the sort of like, there is an overarching story, right? And then on top of that, there are elements that play throughout, but essentially like there, I was watching with my kid and I'm just like, Oh, this, this scene's great. Or this, this scene is great. And and they, they kind of work on their own. And I guess the way it's described is that there are a series of vignettes, but I think that's also why it doesn't get tiring. It's not just a long yeah. story you have to buckle in for. It's just like a kid, you know, working to try to get the present he wants for Christmas and, working you know over time and, and all these like little events happen um and i think it touches on a little a lot of little things in childhood too i i one of the things i love about this movie is there's like that magic of when you're a little kid and there's that one gift right i know yeah. we talked about this a little bit in the home alone episode but um there's that one gift that you like dream about like you will do anything you don't want to get in trouble like leading up to christmas your parents are like oh santa's not yeah. gonna bring you that Whatever the hell. And for him, it was this Red Rider BB gun. And like, 
even as an adult, I remember that stress and excitement on Christmas morning being like, it's got to be under the tree. It's got to be yeah. there. I feel like it's going to be there. I was so good. I was so yeah. good. I cleaned my room all week. And I mean, I, I love that magic feeling. It really does a great job of giving you the same feeling you had as a little kid based yeah. around Christmas. But also, I love his dad. I just yeah. his father known as old man, the old man, <laughs> the old man. Isn't and that's funny. Name the whole, he's just no. the old man. He's the old man. And some people are like, no, his name's Hal. The one neighbor says Hal. And they're like, no, the script reads hell. The neighbor's saying hell, not Hal. He was almost played by Jack Nicholson. I don't know. I couldn't see Jack Nicholson playing that. Yeah. But I love him. And again, another situation where the actor playing someone realized they can't curse. So all of the gibberish yeah. cursing that he does, just, Oh, Jimmy, just like uh home. Alone. Yeah. Well, what's funny too, is like the, 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 the actor playing uh, the old man was Darren McGavin. Um, I liked the fact that there were no recognizable actors or actresses in it. Like, I think that kind of lends to why it's timeless. I think, you know, with a lot of the movies and stuff like the fact that it's, it's sort of its own little thing, even though they, again, and we'll, we'll touch on it, but like they sort of tried to create an extended universe. Um, do you have a favorite like vignette? I guess where is with the, what it's actually, you know, officially referred to as like, um, it's a tie when he's okay. I come from a family where my dad and my stepfather are both mechanics and there's that awful moment when they're asking you to like help them <laughs> hold the flashlight or like whatever yeah. the hell it is. And like you do it wrong. Yeah. And that scene where the tire goes flat and he's got to help his dad change a tire. And he says, Oh fuck. And the dad, like just that whole scene. It's just like, I've been there, man. Just like, yeah. he's not doing it right. He's not helping his dad the right way. I, I love that scene it is so funny and he does it so well and the way that they get him to say fudge <laughs> the actual actor that played him said that he said he said fuck like 50 times for this take yeah but they made him say it so many times and the kid was only like 11 or something and uh then they dubbed over it with the fudge but i just i love the way that they build up around that word that it's like it was the big one the big <laughs> like yeah. i love that scene because that when you're a kid that is the big word that's the like, yeah that's the voldemort like you yeah. cannot say it yeah yeah well, that's a that's a good one well and before you tell me your other one because i don't I, the the fact that like to the reaction of the mom in the car after <laughs> when he's like you i'll tell you what he said and then like you know whispers in her ear and her shriek, you know, the he just dropped the f bomb. It's like he just, you know, murdered, murdered someone in cold blood in front of his whole family. Um, what was your other favorite? I love the scene when the dad gets the leg lamp, like when he opens it up and he gets his major award. He's like, yeah, fragile, and just yeah. it's fragile. it's such, yeah, and it's just such a um. You get a, like a glimpse into this dad who the whole movie you're like, oh, my God, this guy sucks. He's like the worst dad, which I guess in the 40s, he's just a normal dad, probably a good dad by the 40s standards. Yeah. And then when he says when he like opens it up and they, you know, it's like he just opened a a tomb of like an Egyptian pharaoh the way he acts. He's yeah. like, oh, my God, here it is. Yeah. And 
I I love that part. And I love the yeah. leg lamp because it's very risque, right? Probably especially yeah. for the 40s. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the further you dial back in time, you know, what where the movie was based, I feel like it actually gets slightly worse as far as like yeah. dropping F-bombs or... Um, or the, or like a leg lamp and the, now that that's why the whole neighborhood was coming out. That actually leads to my favorite line in the movie. They refer to it as electric sex in the window. That is the best name for like a punk band I've ever yeah. heard. How has no one started a band called Electric Sex in the Window? Yeah. Um but uh I will say I I mean I uh, maybe I don't know maybe this maybe this I feel like this is like a litmus test for what type of person you are my favorite scenes are the ones where like i love the the you know the tongue to the pole oh, scene it's incredible that's such a good one and also a very big fear of my childhood after watching that movie i was like oh my god yeah and, but it felt like you wanted to do it it's like i just want to try it yeah. once to see if that really happens <laughs> uh and other movies have done it but uh, still that movie i mean that that's the the best part and then also just like reactions of kids where as an adult, you're like, it's not that big of a deal. Or like, you know, like you, like when the teacher realizes what's happening and she runs out, all the kids run to the window to watch and they're like, Jeepers, it's the fire department, you know, and oh, the police are here. Like, oh my, like this is just turning into this bigger, bigger thing. Um, I love that for some reason. And the fact that Flick doesn't, you know, rat on his friends. Uh, or was yeah, it was Flick or friend. Schwartz? It was Flick, right? There's Flick and Schwartz are the two friends. Yes. What were the uh, the bully names? Do you remember those? Yes, was um, oh my god, I have it in my notes. He comes, he makes a comeback in the new one. All three of them do. Oh, do they? Wait, did you see the new one? Um, no, but I read. I don't want to watch it yet. Yeah, I was gonna watch it for this, but I was like, no, it's just like not time yet. Like I yeah. want to watch it on Christmas, but he does come back, and so do um, the two friends, Flick and Shorts, yeah. come back. One owns a bar. Yeah. Um. And the other one, I think, is just like a loser and can't pay his tab for said bar. And <laughs> the bully, uh, is apparently a giant loser and like never leaves town, which is you know great for good old Ralphie. Gets a little <laughs> little karma there. Yeah. What's his name? F- Farkas. Farkas. Yes, it was Farkas with a K. Yeah. Farkas with a K. I love that other little kid who looks like the lead singer from uh, ACDC. His little <laughs> hat just running around. Oh, little, my God. Little small guy. So um, Peter Billingsley, who plays Ralphie. Yeah. One of my favorite facts, and I knew this before we were doing this podcast, and it was just like one of my favorite things. Ooh. Elf, another Christmas favorite. Mm-hmm. He plays the lead elf. <sighs> yes. And he tells Buddy, you're not a cotton-headed ninny muggins, Buddy. That's right. <laughs> I love it so much. I do, he, I love it. What else has he done? Has he done much else? I know that he's friends with Favreau, and I just read an article earlier today that he had a hand in bringing the MCU universe to light. What? I don't know. Okay. He became friends with Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. He co-produced uh-huh. Made with them, <laughs> and, and he continued to collaborate with both actors, and he was an executive producer on the Favreau-helmed Iron Man. Oh, my God. I had no clue. He has a role in Iron Man as William Ginter Riva, a scientist employed at Stark Industries. The actor turned producer recently reprised the role for Spider-Man Far From Home. That's insane to me. I had no clue. 
I thought he was just like, oh, you know, off doing whatever and, you know, in life He was the land. first kid to interview for the role. Really? He was like the absolute first one. And then they were like, oh, we've got to see more kids. And apparently they saw thousands more kids and he got the role. Yeah. Wow. He's perfect. That's like one of those yeah. things like Macaulay Culkin, right? Like you could never see another yeah. kid doing that role. Well, I was going to say what I love about his character, too. He's still a kid when he gets his, you know, drink your Ovaltine, you know, the decoder thing in the bathroom. (laughs) Just his reaction to it and like just his demeanor and how he carries himself. There's not a lot of movies that that depict kids in a in the way kids really are. And for some reason, that movie really captures it. Where like like just the fact that like he can't contain himself like in the beginning of the movie, like his mom's like, oh, like, what do you want for Christmas? You know, and. He like is was like, you know, planning it all out, had to like, you know, slip it in there and be like very much like a kid, like slipping it in the paper and whatever. And then he just like out, you know, shouts it out loud as when she asks him what he wants for Christmas and he blows it Um, or at least he thinks he blows it. You know, what a rip or whatever he says. I've like after the drink your Ovaltine um, thing, like just those little like and and I think that's what it is, too, is the movie. And again, they're the vignettes. Right. But like they capture these little like childhood moments, right? Like I think most of, most of the other Christmas movies we've talked about or, 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 you know, we, whether we did a podcast about it or not, like home alone or, um, you know, elf or anything else. Like they're just, they're, they're whimsical stories and they're fantastical. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is super grounded. It's just, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's a movie about a kid and Christmas. And I don't, no, and I'm thinking on the spot here. I don't know if there's a lot of movies like that, right? Am I wrong? Um, not Christmas movies for kids that I can think of. Yeah. And if they are, it's probably animated, which automatically takes away the yeah. <laughs> reality aspect of it. But it I mean, that's a great point. It felt very genuine and authentic. Like everything yeah. was pretty authentic. And I I guess that's again why people are still younger generations are still watching this and loving it because it's yeah i mean well, the, and I, I was gonna say too i mean the more i think about it too is like how how the hell i mean aside from the fact that like obviously you know they were like little um stories in playboy um but like how do you sell a movie because like wh- if you had to describe the plot to the movie what's the plot it's just kid you know at christmas yeah <laughs> yes. i mean it's it's you know like the overarching story is he wants a bb gun for christmas but aside from that that's not a long story right it's just no that's sort of happens a in the background. minimal point yeah yeah and but- i also i mean funny that you say that because this movie did awful it wasn't even shown on did christmas it really? day it got pulled because it did so poorly Oof. so it didn't it came out i guess like right before thanksgiving and yeah. ran for two weeks but those are like the two slowest weeks of yeah. movie season and they pulled it from like almost every theater except for a couple. So it wasn't even in the theaters for Christmas Day, which if it was, I think it probably would have been incredible. But so how did it actually bounce back? Like, how do you go from being a movie know. that gets pulled out of theaters to is it just because of the t- like the TV airings? Was that it? I It must have. I, I don't know, yeah. because it was popular by the time we came around to watching it. Like when I yeah. was a kid, it was there was no talk about it. This is what was on. Yeah. Christmas I mean, Day. I, I watched it, I would watch it as a kid before there were the marathons, right? The marathons Same. on yeah. TV started, I think, in the late 90s. In the early 90s, even like, probably like maybe even the late 80s, I'd have to go back and ask my parents. 
I'm pretty sure this was a staple. I'm pretty sure this was something I had we had in the on a VHS somewhere floating around the house. But yeah, and yeah, the more I think about it too, and after I've said that too, I think that's the point is that there's not a lot of movies that just tell the story of a kid being a kid on Christmas, much less a kid being a kid any other part of the year either. This is a weird jump, but I think it's also the reason I really liked the movie Superbad was because I feel like that like captures what it's like to be like a awkward teen just and like what's the story like it's just you know they're in school and then they're gonna go to a party I mean there's like all the fantastical stuff that happens in there but like the the small part of the story or like the 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 thread of the story is just they're just teenagers being teenagers right yeah yeah, the more I think about it, I'm like, I, I think that's probably what sets this movie apart is like, there's not a lot that and and to, and to your point about like being able to jump in and never get tired of it. Like it just has longevity. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a feel good movie. You laugh. You like there's tiny emotional things, but it just feels good the whole time you're watching it. Yeah. And um, I, I um, you brought it up before the the scene with the duck in the uh, Chinese food restaurant and how the yeah. duck's head is still on the lady that plays ralphie's mother they yeah. ch- purposely gave her a fake sh- script she yeah. didn't know that that was going to happen so all <laughs> of her like screaming and laughter is real and they did that on purpose because they knew she would react that way and now i can't wait to rewatch it now knowing that because that scene is so hilarious yeah um well that's the other thing too is like have you i mean i think what's funny too is that we've never talked about it here but you're also italian i'm italian yes. you're italian yes so our our big thing, I don't know about you, my big thing was always Christmas Eve, right? That's when we had the big seafood dinner. It would have been, but my parents were divorced. So growing up, my dad got Christmas Eve and we would go to my aunt's house. But okay. that was my mom's big thing growing up. She would always okay. talk about that. Unfortunately for her, she gave birth to children that aren't big seafood eaters. Broke oh. her heart. Broke her heart. Man. I know. Bro- breaking my heart. I blame Crohn's too. disease. I blame yeah. Crohn's disease. I can't eat it. It's not my fault. <laughs> It's not my fault. Um, I try. Well, I was going to say, like, so what was your big Christmas Day dinner? Um, So growing up, my mom would have the seven fishes Christmas Eve. And then Christmas yeah. Day was leg of lamb. Lamb. And, okay. You know, when you're farting out kids left and right, I'm sure that's not it was not exactly attainable cost wise in the 90s. So we did the classic Christmas ham, baby. Wow. Christmas okay. ham. But yeah. I will say it's strange because. Being as Italian as we are, and maybe it's because we did homemade sauce and pasta every single Sunday yeah. and homemade yeah. meatballs and all that stuff every single yeah, Sunday. We didn't have a lot of Italian food on Christmas Day, but I also think that started yeah. after my grandfather passed away. Yeah. But then as we got older, there's a woman who became my grandmother, essentially, you know, was a grandmother to me. She would make us a French toast bake Christmas morning, and it is like... Ooh my favorite Christmas thing in the world and we still do it. And it's, it's like cream cheese and bread and maple syrup and like all these seasonings. And you just like soak eggs and all this deliciousness and butter into it. And then you bake it in the oven and it's ready. Like when you're done opening presents, we are a presents first. Actually in my family, like they can't live without coffee. Like they don't survive without caffeine. So it's coffee, then presents, and then it's one at a time. Everybody watches the individual person watch open yeah. one present. My stepfather <laughs> hands them out. My dad hands them out. And then we get to have breakfast. And then everybody would come yeah. over for dinner. 
But I also okay. think it's, yeah. What did you guys do? So Christmas Eve was our big one, right? Yeah. Where all the seafood. And it's funny too. And I don't, I don't know the genesis of this. And I've talked to other friends who were Italian who, who also did fish, but they're like, oh yeah, you have like, you know, bacala. This, I was like, no, no, we just had shellfish. Like for the most part with like very few ex- exception, it was lobster, crab, shrimp, mussels, clams. Yeah. It was all like shellfish. I, I, and I think when I was trying to count it up, I was like, I don't know if I even got to seven fishes, but we did a lot of fish. And we also did the, the pasta with a mixed seafood sauce. Mm. Which was, I think we were too poor for this. Once my grandfather died, he had all the money. Once he died, we were poor. Yeah, I I realize I I need to explain. I was I was not rich going growing up whatsoever. We were very very much middle class, but but that was the thing too. Is like come Christmas, it didn't matter how bad things were. We were getting at a like maybe you know there were a few years that lobster got skipped, lobster tails, but we we still did crab like. Yeah, that was the big thing. But what I was going at was we would do that. And Christmas Day was more like, what what food are we talking about? Like we have leftovers. We, have, we cooked all this <laughs> fish yesterday. We cooked like and I get you. Yeah, maybe that's to the point, too. It was like, yeah, it's like it's like a big extravaganza. But it's also like, whoa, OK, OK. We spent a lot on this big feast. So it's going to last us multiple it's gonna last dinners. A week, probably. Yeah. So we didn't really have like the whole like, you know, Christmas night dinner. And the other thing, too, is like I feel like I'm just going to make a generalization for anyone that cele- celebrates Christmas. I feel like you get, you put more stock into Christmas Eve because it's the last meal with everyone together before you, you know, go to sleep, wake up, do presents. And then it's over. Like, that's it. Like Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, there is a depression to Christmas night, isn't there? I yeah. used to always think that as a kid. And I will say my partner, he's like. He loves holidays and he I'm sure he got that from his mom, but he loves decorating. He likes everything about Christmas. I love Christmas. Um, I love the Christmas season. It is a Christmas season. It is not a day. So when people (laughs) try to shit on me for watching Christmas movies in November, I won't hear it. But the uh, Christmas night, we always sit down and we're always like, huh? Well, what do we do now? Yeah. And it's just like the end of everything feels like it's ending. The year is yeah. ending. The fun has ended. Yeah. And I was a, a bartender in a club and bars my whole life. So Christmas or New Year's Eve, it's not a fun holiday for me. It yeah. was like, great. I can't wait to bartend for a bunch of drunks that have paid one price to get in and it's open bar and they're not going to tip crap. And I have to be there. Yeah. Like I used to hate New Year's Eve. Yeah. But it's I, mean, I don't know. There is a depression to Christmas night. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, too, that's the thing. I mean, if, I guess put it this way. The movie still ends on Christmas at Christmas yeah. dinner, right? Even the movie here is like, yeah, that's it. The end. I, and, and definitely a synopsis for that. I remember as a kid, the fun was you're still off from school. So that added a little bit oh, of element. Oh, that's fair. No, that's correct. Yeah. And you have to play with all your new toys exactly. and wear your new clothes. Right. But then like two days after Christmas would hit your mom would be like super pissed because there's still wrapping paper all over the house and like all these boxes. And remember in the nineties, all the toys came with like those stupid, like twist ties, everything yes. was twist tied in the boxes and they'd be <laughs> everywhere. And them. she was stepping on yeah. them and just like, there was an anger. And I mean, I see it now that I'm an adult. I get, I totally get yeah. it. But, and then it was like, you've got to clean your room. There's no room for these toys. Blah, blah, blah. And it was just, yeah. the fun was over. And then school started. 
I mean, they make it work and it's playful, right? But I'm like, literally a worse nightmare situation would be that Christmas Eve or I mean, I, I mean, in their case, Christmas Day, but like Christmas Eve for me, dinner was destroyed and you had a like, we look forward so to that. Yes. All yeah. year where I was going to go next to and, and I have a path to where I'm trying to go here, but I'll start here. I will follow you, sir. With the big one, the big question. If you're a kid, turn off the podcast. Also, why you're listening. Um, but the West. Santa Claus, the <laughs> Santa Claus question. Your son is listening. <laughs> well, I mean, well, actually, he recently joined the adult club, which is where I'm going to go with this. So I'm, we're okay, safe I'm ready. To, to talk okay, here. Cool. But, um, the big Santa question. Uh, when did you find out? I was 85 when I was seven. Like, I was an adult. And okay. I was mother hen to my sister i mean my poor sister didn't my parents sent my sister to a special school because they didn't think that she spoke but i would speak for her like she spoke she spoke to me all the time but they thought she was mute so they sent her to a special school like i was so overprotective of her so i found out i want to say i was i i just remember it my dad was picking me up from my mom's house and it was just me in the car for some reason, and we were going to his house for the weekend. Maybe my sister was already there, coming later. And I was probably like eight or nine, maybe. No, probably earlier, maybe seven or eight. And I, like, like an adult, I just remember yeah. looking at him and like he was driving this like shitty Dodge piece of crap car. <laughs> and I just remember looking at him and I was like, Dad, yeah. I need you to be honest with me. You told you, would, you told me you'd never lie to me. And if you lie to me right now, um, I'll think you don't love me. So is Santa real? And my father, I will give him credit, Yeah, said like he was so upset because my dad really loved Christmas. He grew up very poor and the magic yeah. of creating Christmas for us was so important to him. Yeah. He was like, there was a guy. I don't even know if this is true. I've, I've yeah. lived my whole life off this being true. And <laughs> now that I'm realizing this, I don't even know if this is true. But he yeah. literally said there was a man, you know, mm -hmm. way back in history was named St. Nicholas who used to bring toys to little kids that did, had, didn't have very good lives and lived in orphanages. And um, the spirit of what he did to make sure that those kids got toys on Christmas morning is, is why we call, you know, Santa Claus, St. Nick and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so yeah. the spirit of him is real. That is real. That's what you feel every Christmas. Like that's real. Yeah. But the actual guy that comes down the chimney, that's <laughs> not real. And I just remember like so methodically being like, Thank you for telling me the truth. Yeah. I appreciate it. I promise not to tell my sisters. Yeah. And I'm going to help you keep Santa alive. And I took well, that just job. Like that. So just I was like such that. a weird kid, man. Really? And I was so serious about it. I mean, I woke my sisters up and I would be like, Do you guys hear that? Those are reindeer on the roof. There's no noise. But you can convince yeah. a stupid three-year-old of anything. Or like, you know, like I would wake my sister up and be like, I just saw him. I just saw him in the kitchen. Yeah. Quick, come, 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 quick. And I would be like, look, he left the door open. I left the door yeah. open. Like these little oh. things I would do for them. But I took that job very seriously. Wow. Yeah. I don't. A weird funny kid. To, that's, I mean, that's, that's taking it to a whole different level. That's a lot of uh, responsibility in your shoulders, too. I do it. It's a problem. It's a yeah. problem with everything. How about you? Here's what's funny. I don't remember. I remember okay. all I remember. I remember this one moment and I'll, I'll tell you in a second, but I will say I am the youngest of two. 
and my sister is 12 years older than me. So we have a large gap. And so, so I wasn't your like, sister was still believing in Santa when you were eight <laughs> or nine years old. <laughs> We'd have a problem. Problem. <laughs> um, no, but that, that's the thing. Like me, my sister and I were not close gl- growing up either because we were so such a gap in age. But out of that, I remember it, I was in the third grade. So that I had to be like seven or eight years old. And I was it was Christmas morning. My mom's like, oh, look, Thomas, look. My mom called me Thomas. Look, Thomas, look, look what Santa brought. And my dad's like, he doesn't he doesn't. And then and just like that's all he gave was like a he doesn't. What are you doing? Like. And then I was like, oh, yeah, mom, I don't believe in Santa. <gasps> I like, still oh, get yeah. presents from Santa. You don't. Yeah. Like, oh, Santa like we still just- comes to my parents house every year. I still get presents from Santa. And my stepfather told us that if we the minute you stop believing in Santa, these presents stop coming. So like we would be 17, 18 years old. and be like, yo, yeah. Santa turned up. Yeah. Like, Santa came. <laughs> and he's like, it's a big joke. But yeah. wow, that's very sad for your mom. I know, I, I know I broke so her heart sad. right there and then, but I will say like, I didn't, I was like, oh no, mom, it's okay. Like, I don't believe in Santa. It's, it's, you don't have to, like, I think for me, it was like, oh, you don't have to put on the facade. Like, I know, I know this is all a ruse. Um, and the thing is, I grew, I literally grew up with television. Like I, I, at like five years old, had a TV in my room with a V, with, you know, VCR. Never allowed to have one. Oh, really? Never. Okay. Still I was now. Just like, yeah. Still now, well, no TV in our room. Well, keep in mind, too, like my parents had a, already had a kid who grew up and she's yeah. 12 years older than me. So they <laughs> yeah. were just like, here's a TV. That's your babysitter. Just do Goodbye. it. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. So I, I just grew up watching movies and TV shows. That, hence why we're here talking right now. But with that, I mean, I probably I was I was a smart kid in that sense. I probably just like knew like, oh, yeah, that's not that's not real. But I will tell you this. I have a better story than my own, which is my son's, because it oh. it, it literally just happened this year with this year yeah well even worse no so and and this is different since we were kids right is it's it's not just santa anymore now you have the elf on a shelf i feel so bad for parents what are you what a crock of shit so they have to worry about that (laughs) well that's the thing so my wife worked really hard every christmas starting on like the day after thanksgiving and i bet you she was so good at it so your wife is very creative she's very creative yes and so every single day for 10 years, <laughs> how long has it been oh now? My 10 years. God. Um, she, between the day after uh, Thanksgiving and until Christmas Eve, would, um, you know, uh, his name was Jingle and he would show up and he would, you know, like do something and you weren't allowed to touch him, right? Because that's the thing they tell the kids, yeah. right? It's like they're not allowed to touch them. And, um, and so now my kid is 10. And I here's the thing. I, I absolutely want anyone listening to this to tweet me or or comment, or like whatever you have to do to get in touch with us to tell me whether or not you agree with this decision. I'm my uncomfortable is, already. Okay. okay. I My son is 10 years old. And I was like, and I remember I again, I was. This, but you have yeah. the sweetest, most yes. empathetic son. He has such an old soul and he's just like yeah. such a sweetheart. So yeah, he's like, yeah. Okay, I'm going to cry probably. Go ahead. And so I we were going back and forth. So my wife started the the elf on the shelf. His name is Jingle. That was that was our elf. Started Jingle's arrival Journey? right here to our, to our apartment again. And uh after thank after the after Thanksgiving, but even my wife was sort of like on the fence like it's he's 10 and but she wasn't really sure what to do. And I was just like, look, I was the one. And I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll say it out loud. 
I was the one who was pushing of just like, I think he's 10. He's getting older. I think like, I remember how old I was. I didn't want him to be like, I don't want to screw him up socially with other kids. So he came home from school and apparently he had noticed that my wife didn't update his location or like do anything creative. He was just there. No note or anything. Cause that's the thing too. My wife put in notes like full on, you know, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, like filled with like a, you know, a whole like, you know, a letter every single day because that's, that's the thing. The goal of the elf on the shelf or the story as it goes is they're there to check on how you're, you know, how you're doing and it's a little whatever. fucked up, right? Right. So, so fucked up. So here's the thing. And this is, this is what breaks my heart. It's going to break your heart too. You're probably going to make me cry, but go ahead. So he comes home from school and there was a point a couple months ago where he was like, dad, you wouldn't lie. Would you, you wouldn't lie. Right. Like that kind of stuff. Like same thing like you kind of did with your dad. Oh, we're manipulators. As and he was humans. sort of prying to see what he, you know, like he didn't actually ask the, the Santa question or anything, but he was sort of just asking like generally. And I mean, I, I thought maybe it was like, oh, he knows. I think at this point I was like, maybe he's, maybe he's kind of going along with it because for us, because he is a sweet kid like that. And so anyway, where it goes is he comes home from school and I'm like, we have to just, my wife did not want to, she's like, I'm not ready. I'm like, this is, it's, it's okay. It'll be okay. I'll take care of it. And so I sat on the couch and, and I was like, oh, so do you believe in Santa? Do you still believe in Santa? You know? And he was like, yeah. And like telling me and, and, and then he like, I'm just staring at him because I'm like, I'm trying to think what I was going to say next. And he's like, are you trying to tell me he's not real? And I'm like, no, but here's where, here's where it gets like heartbreaking is he was I feel like, yeah. like I'm mad at you and I don't know why. <laughs> no, it's okay. I feel like I'm West right now and I'm so disappointed in you. And okay, keep so, going. so he, he, as he goes through that, he's just like, oh yeah, I can kind of like kids at school. And I was, cause, and that's exactly what I thought, right? It was like, he'll be like, Santa's real. And kids are at school. are like, no, no, you're stupid. Like Santa's not real. And I didn't want him to be that kid. I didn't want him to like, cause again, you're a parent, you're protective, right? I don't want to put him in a situation or have him be anywhere where like other kids are, you know, giving him crap. Anyway, but he was still clinging on to like, he was okay with Santa not being real, but Jingle, Jingle was personal. Jingle came every year. Jingle wrote him notes and he was like, but, but Jingle's real, right? I'm like, no, this is the saddest story. That was the one that. that So sad. That was the one where he, where he like, you know, he, he, and he's a tough kid too. He's like, he started crying. He's like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm just like, he's like keeping, keeping it together for us. It probably and, felt like he was losing a friend. I mean, he grew up in that moment, right? Yeah. Like immediately I, I just like, it was a giant milestone in his childhood that shifted in that moment. Right. Cause he went from like being like Santa's real and magic is real and all of a sudden it's like, no, no. Like now he doesn't things. believe in Harry Potter. You've ruined everything. I ruined Harry Potter now. But the, can I tell you the, the emotional moment too? Is he was like, well. Oh, there's another again, one? <laughs> well, yeah, because keep in mind, he's he, like this little stuffed little thing has been a part of his life for like 10 years. And he's like, well, can I touch him? Like that's because that was the whole thing is like you, he wasn't allowed to touch him. You just saw him. And he got to touch him and he said, and he was telling me, he's like, it feels, it feels weird. Like he's my whole life. I was like, you know, cause the whole thing is they scare the kids from touching because they don't want to mess with it. It's like, if you touch him, it'll, it'll like, you know, the magic disappears or whatever. And so he touched him and like, he got emotional again. And then, um, yeah, but he, I mean, he's, he's doing okay now, but at the same time too, I didn't, I was like, you know, and now he's in on it for his cousin who's younger, who obviously still, you know, is 
is young, but yeah, it's it was a, it was an emotional. I mean, I think you guys did the right thing, and he heard it in a way that he could express those emotions. Because imagine, like you said, imagine he heard that at school. Someone right. was like, the elf on the roll shelf isn't real, you idiot, you know? And then, yeah. he, and then he wouldn't have had a safe space to express his emotions. So I think it's great that you guys did that. I'm just sad for him. And I'm yeah. sad for your wife, who just, there's, I, I know, I know, I know what yeah. you mean. I, I felt the same way when my sister stopped believing. It felt like, yeah. like, you're right, the magic is gone. Like, the yeah. magic that surrounds Christmas. Well, how old was your sister? Gone. I have five sisters. Right, but no. I'm saying, how old, how old, how old did they, like, what age did they find out? Do you know? Well, the last one, you know, they weren't as nice to each other as they, <laughs> as they got older. It's like my one sister, like I have, you know, my three youngest sisters, they're fairly close in age with each other. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that once the older of the three found out, she may have protected yeah. the middle one a little bit, but definitely okay. once the middle one found out she was to her yeah. younger sister, I, I'm going to have to survey this on Christmas, not in front of my two year old niece yeah, and figure out, figure out what went down there. But there was a sadness. And it, yeah. like I said, I mean, there's also a fun to Christmas when you're all grown up. I mean, yeah. one of my family's favorite traditions is writing tags that are so inappropriate. I'm sure everyone has yeah. gathered that, that by the mouth of a trucker that I have. I learned this from my mother. <laughs> my vocabulary came from her but i mean i can't tell you uh one year i got underwear individually wrapped from victoria's secret from every boyfriend i've ever had my what? S- my sisters wrote the tags to amanda from ex-boyfriend name redacted uh. to amanda from other ex-boyfriend <laughs> name redacted uh i used to get drunk i mean i still do i would get drunk when i'm wrapping their (laughs) christmas presents and would write ridiculous things on the boxes like one year it was a santa that had like his arms up on a clothing box for my (laughs) brother-in-law and i drew a giant dick on the santa and said look at my dick and my brother unwrapped the gift and it was just a sweater but he looked at the box he was like crying i didn't even remember i did it (laughs) <laughs> because I was blackout drunk when I was wrapping the Christmas presents. Yeah. So there's, you know, we had our own magic back into it. I, but I also I love those moments too where you do something when you're drunk or whatever. Oh yeah. And then you get to hear the story after about what you were doing because it's like it's like you're hearing a story about yourself that you weren't there for. I wasn't even there for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even there. Well, all right. So this was a really long way to go around it. Um, <laughs> that was fun though. But it I like hearing it, about other people's Christmases. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone hates me now too because I part of no, me hates I, me. Just I, to be clear. I know I was joking, but like you did the right thing. He, unfortunately, kids aren't as kind as we want them to yeah. be, and it's the, I feel like he was able to express his emotions in a really safe place, and he was yeah. able to process them properly instead of the poor yeah. kid coming home from school crying because yeah, you know. Well, and also by the way, for devil's advocate, I had proposed doing this breaking of the news in like july and then i think we could have done it outside the christmas season and it would have been better but we did it inside the christmas season maybe not the best but i would before before i move on do you have an idea like do you have an like in your opinion is there an a perfect age to learn it is there a perfect age or like an ideal age to when you find out i wish i knew the right answer to that because i don't have children yeah. Um, 
of my own. So I don't know what kids are like now. You know what I mean? Like in my head before they got to middle school, maybe like fifth grade. Yeah. It's uh, like 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's accurate. I feel like middle school, middle school, everyone changes. They start to go through puberty and like, yeah, everything becomes different. Like now it's not, now they're embarrassed to talk to girls where before the girls were gross. And now, yeah, Girls are like, you know, care what boys think of them. Where before yeah. we were like, go push him on the ground as hard as you can. And then we'll all laugh to make him feel yeah. bad. You know, so I feel like everything changes in middle school. Yeah. And being cool really starts to matter to you as a kid. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, too. I mean, funny enough, I I think I don't know if this was done on purpose. I don't know why we have it segmented with elementary and middle school and high school, but element, I mean, in New York city, at least middle school is sixth, seventh and eighth grades. Yes. And it's perfect because it's a transitionary period. By the time you get out the other side, I mean, no one's ever prepared for high school, but you're a lot more prepared than if you, you know, we're still in elementary school up to eighth yeah, grade. Yeah. Unless you're our are. spouses, our spouses grew up in a town the size of a mud puddle. And yeah. I'm pretty sure it's all, but a few, I don't remember what the elementary school Oh, I, I I do know. Like okay. literally, it's like they just kind of combine elementary school and middle school, and then high school is just four grades. So you in the eighth grade are in the same school as that is uh, wild. That as is like wild. Or maybe it's like seventh grade. I don't know. But also, yeah, like our spouses went to like a rural high school and school system that was um still still now there's stuff where I'm like, where did you grow up? Like, what what are you talking about? I That's can't, not how these I, things work. Blows my mind. Um. But anyway, so so to finally get there, the whole detour I just took was to essentially get to the the crust of the story in in the movie because we are talking about a movie here. If you forgot, um, is he opens up all the presents at the end of the uh, towards the end of the movie, right? It's Christmas. Opens up all the presents. No Red Rider BB gun, right? And then a little wink from the old man who's like over in the corner over there. Mom didn't know about it. And then there's that moment, too, because that was the thing, too. Even as a kid, I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew the dad got it for him, but I appreciated it more. And of course, now me being a dad, I'm like, you know, literally pointing at the screen with my son being like, see, look, look, who, look who loved him. Look, look who it was who secretly. <laughs> and it was um, because in the movie, Ralphie thinks it was from Santa. Right. I don't Ralphie doesn't pick up on the fact that it was from his dad. But his dad's like, oh, I had one when I was a kid. And, and you can see the joy in his dad's face as he's like loading the BBs, like he's like, you know, miming like how to load it. He's like, Oh, go, go, go easy, go easy. Like there's a joy in his dad's face. And, you know, they don't play the dad up to be like some grouchy, mean father. Like he's just there and he's pissed. He's off the at old the, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's pissed off at the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, furnace downstairs in the basement but, and, and just in life in general sometimes. But aside from that, I will say too, the old man is actually a nice dad, right? Like I would say quirky. by the 40 standards, he's yeah. probably <laughs> as freaking good as they get. Yeah. We've all seen I, mad men. It wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good point, right? I mean, you know, like there wasn't a scene, there wasn't a vignette where the old man throws the dinner against the wall in the kitchen. Yeah. So I guess that's good. Leg up for 40s era father. But yeah, I, I think that was the thing that stood out to me watching it this year and maybe given the context of everything I was just sharing that I was like, oh, look, it was the dad who was just like every everyone in his life is like, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. It's too dangerous. Yeah. Right. 
But his dad's like, ah, it's what he wants. And I had one and I know. And like his, it was very clear. Like his father understood that joy of it's Christmas. And I had a little BB gun or whatever. Um, and I love that. That was, that was the, that was the part where I was, you know, close to a tear for the first time. After, yeah. That after was, watching it all that's one years. of my favorite parts. And you know, what's so funny is like my parents growing up and I have a very, um, my mom is like, you know, everyone says like their mom's the best human on earth. My mom is the best human on earth. And she never wanted any big present to come from Santa because she didn't want us yeah. to go to school. And we were not well off by yeah. any means, but she yeah. didn't want us to go to school and be like, Santa bought me a Nintendo yeah. 64. Yeah. And some little kid be like, Santa bought me socks and a toothbrush because I needed yeah. socks and a toothbrush. So, yeah. you know, Santa brought us things, you know, but never big presents. And one of my like talking about the Red Rider BB gun and that whole thing reminded me of when my partner and I started dating. Probably, I don't know. We were we've been together for 12 years. So it was probably like maybe four or five years in. And my stepdad uh my partner plays golf. So my stepdad every year just thought that the only thing that golfers wore were Argyle sweaters and <laughs> he plays golf for a living. So he doesn't have yeah. to yeah. Uh, buy Argyle sweaters anymore because yeah. it's not 1964. So <laughs> every year he got an Argyle sweater. So one yeah. year uh, and he was so serious. Yeah. Um, my partner was like, I really want a red wire BB gun. I've never had a BB gun before. I really want one. Really? And so when my stepdad's like, oh, what? You know, he's a little tiny, tiny Italian. He's like, what should I get Henry for Christmas? What do you want? What do you, what do you think he wants? I'm like, you know what? I think he's good on sweaters. You've kept him really warm. Um, he said he wanted a red rider BB gun. He's like, what? Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> and he bought him a red rider BB gun. That's awesome. He just found it the other day and he's like, still shoots spot on. <laughs> and he was so excited when he opened it on Christmas in front of my family. He's like, no yeah. way. Yeah. A Red Rider BB gun has the same effect, even on a 33 yeah. year old. Well, I was going to say, did you if you look back at your childhood, did you have a gift or a specific year that was like your Red Rider BB gun? <sighs> Let me think. It, it may have been the talk boy. Really? That we talk, that you, yeah. That like, I really wanted that. Me. And the 2XL. Um, one I never got because the money just was not there. And I was so mad because all of my other sisters got them because they got cheaper. I never got an American Girl doll. I asked oh. for it every year. Yeah. I got this budget ass brand. I got the books and I never got the doll. And then yeah. like, you know, two years after it would have been cool for me to have one. And all of my little rich friends in school had them and I never got yeah. one. And then two years after and they were a little bit cheaper. And I remember my mom got one for my sister and it was like my heart broke. Oh, man. She got Josephina. But like, were you advocating to your parents like, hey, I, I, this is what I want. This is on my Christmas list. Yes and no. I didn't like asking for things. I felt like, yeah. oh, no, just buy things for everyone else. Yeah. But also um, expected them to know, which is awful. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> I would. Throw, well, this is actually I can't believe I didn't tell this story. This is the Red Rider BB gun uh, story, kind of. One year, we got, my sister and I got matching suitcases that said going to grandma's, and we kept opening summer clothes, summer clothes, summer clothes. And I was like, such a little brat, like so embarrassed of myself in this moment. I was probably nine years old and eight or nine years old. And I was like, this is the worst Christmas ever. You bought us a suitcase. We never go on trips. You bought us summer clothes. I can't even wear them right now. This is the worst Christmas. And my 
sister that's directly below me, like my Irish twin. Yeah. You could have given that kid used toilet paper and she would have been so grateful and happy. She was like the nicest little kid. She opens up her suitcase. She's like, this is amazing. I love this. Thanks so much, mom. (laughs) And she's sitting in there and she's like, ooh, papers. Inside were tickets to Disney World. But there I am having an epic meltdown like a spoiled (laughs) brat. And my lovely Bronx Italian mother's like, yeah, how about that, Amanda? You were supposed to go yeah. to fucking Disney World. How do you feel now? <laughs> I just remember, like, I ruined this beautiful Christmas surprise my parents had probably saved for oh, five God. years. Yeah. That's What's embarrassing. There too? I shouldn't is, have did, sold, did she... shared that. <laughs> no, but did she, did she give you a moment to let you, like, bask in, like, just being bratty before she, like, hit you with the, or did she let her? Your... The whole time they let me do it. Every single yeah. present I opened, I was like, oh, great. More shorts. <laughs> I was such a brat. Was it in your suitcase or was it just in your little sister's suitcase? It was in both like, of did my you suitcases. Miss it? And my, they kept okay. saying, open them up, open them up. Like, I, there's nothing in a suitcase. You're supposed <laughs> to put stuff in a suitcase. And my sister like opened hers up and was sitting in it. She was so excited. Yeah. Yeah, that was really awful. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I, I, it's funny because I've, I've gotten really good. When I was a kid, I got really good. Santa took care of me. Santa, Santa was cool, even though I didn't believe in Santa pretty quickly. But, um, but I will say like the, you know, cause I, I had like, I grew up with super Nintendo, right? Like that was my jam. Yeah, like, was a good Nintendo one. before that. Yes. Um, it wasn't until I was like, you know, you get like the big thing was we'd get the Toys R Us catalog in the mail oh, and, you could and, or the, or the, the paper. You wanted. Right, it was oh, like the Sunday yeah. paper with like the big, the you know, like the the flyer, oh, the excitement and that's the one you, when the yeah. Toys R Us catalog would come in. I my big thing was, uh, so it was it was a few things, right? I think one year mine was was SNES, right? That was the big one, and then a couple of years later, I I was always a Nintendo kid, and then my cousin gave me because he you know out grew up or whatever. Um, his Genesis, and then suddenly, uh, like then the the Sega CD was coming out. Sega right? Saturn, baby. Well, no, this is the Sega CD. That was different. Wait, so there was Sega Saturn, really? And Sega CD, two separate. We only things. had. I mean, I loved Sega. We were se- yeah. we were both family, but yeah, Sega was great. Um, I have to now. Now you're gonna make me check which came first. Um, but I remember like Sega CD. That was what I wanted. It's all I talked about. Right. That was the big one. Um. And I really, I yeah, I really wanted that one. That was the one. I, I got to look it up, actually, too. I'm trying to figure it out what year that was. Um, I think it was, I'm looking here right now. It was the Sega Genesis, and then the Sega CD came in, like, 93. And that was the one where I was like, oh, I want this. And actually, looking back now, by the way, I'm looking at this right now. I didn't even realize this with the time, with the time stamps and everything, but... Um, uh, from what I'm looking here, it was actually it came out around the time I stopped believing in Santa, <laughs> or at least I knew Santa wasn't real. So your parents are like, nope. Yeah. Well, you believe in uh, Santa, parents, you're not getting it. My parents, and that was the thing too. Once I didn't believe in Santa, right? My parents were very efficient. I was given a budget. Here's how much. Here's like the price of your big gift for the year. Wow. And it was whatever okay. the price. I forget what it was, and and. And I'm, I'm almost reluctant to say it because I know the number. Okay. You but I also feel like I would be judged because. You don't have to. Oh, Everyone I'm, will I'm... just look up the price for a Sega CD in 1994. Everyone look it up. Yeah. <laughs> or 93, whenever it came out. So, yeah, it was that price. But that, and that was the thing too is like, and I swear to God, I really did not grow up 
like my, we were we were very very much middle class but I, I don't know I again pay my parents very much took care of like Christmas was the big thing my birthday is in November and I got usually jack for my birthday because <laughs> Christmas is next month yeah that's, that's not a great time for you and and I'm not saying this is the reason, but you know, Christmas we open presents around other families. So maybe there's also a judgmental thing there too. It's like let's make sure we save the good presents for one of the people around to see what good parents. We I are. have two sisters. One's birthday is December first. The other's December tenth. Yeah. Did they get shafted yeah. on <laughs> Christmas too? I you mean, know, on their birthdays I'm going to be completely honest with you. My one sister, the one that's closest to me in age, she has had the most epic string of awful birthdays for like the past yeah. ten years. We have had so many family members die right yeah. by her birthday Jeez. a couple days before. So the funeral falls on her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Blizzards where her birthday parties would get canceled all the time. I remember one time she had a sleepover with friends. Electricity went out like just the worst birthdays you can imagine. This poor girl. And it was like a movie sleepover. So what are you going to do? My mom's yeah. like, those were all my plans, but they're gone. Jeez. She's had some really bad birthdays. She was the second kid, second kid syndrome, you know, back, well, back I mean, to the movie I, I that we I were talking too. about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do know. One thing that I like, I I truly do love about this movie and we haven't talked about it is the scene with the snowsuit when he can't put the arms down. Oh, it yeah. is like one of, I remember my mom bundling us up to go outside. Again, there were so many kids. We didn't get new snowsuits or anything like that. We just got whatever our older cousins couldn't fit in anymore. That's kind of just what we got. Yeah. And yeah. You know you're a 90s kid when your mom put Wonder bread bags on your feet like to go in snow boots so that your feet didn't get wet. <laughs> like yeah. the color changing, you know, snow boots and that kind of stuff. But that scene where he gets bundled up yeah. to go outside, I remember a million times my mother doing that to me. 400 layers yeah. to go outside. I'm like, I can't even oh, move yeah. my arms to make a snowball. Well, that's the thing too. That kid in that movie, Randy is hilarious because Randy He's is amazing. just there. I didn't grow up with younger siblings but I love the fact that he's sort of just there and he's not, you know, aside from him, like him and his brother have this good relationship, right? Like, yeah, it's just such a good movie. He, I mean, if you realize he's the one who like runs home to get his mom because, you know, yeah. Ralphie's beating up the the uh, the the bullies. Um, but that, also that kid's just great. Yeah. When he falls over, when he's like uh and like it just becomes a recurring thing. Like that's how he gets to and from school is he has to like be completely wrapped up where he can't put his arms down. And the bunny suit, the pink bunny <sighs> suit, that's one of the things that um Billings took from the set. Really? Like he was able to leave was was the bunny suit. And yeah. he got um the broken glasses, which is hilarious because everyone's like, and he left the broken glasses. And then someone was like, they were his own glasses. Like those are the gla- really? his real glasses. <laughs> and he, huh. they broke on set. <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah, well, I guess uh, because we talked about this from the other, from the other movie from Home Alone 2, you think they made him pay for uh, any of the toys oh, he played with and take him home? That was insane. Yeah. Did you know that that house actually is like a real house and it sold on eBay for, hold on, I read it oh, earlier the, today. Oh, the, the Christmas Story house. Yeah, like their house. Yes. You can stay at it. It's an Airbnb now, but so, it's like 150 grand it was auctioned off for. Yeah, so um, slightly... Uh, Diving a little bit further in, right? Um, two things. One, yes, you're absolutely right. It's also a museum. You can go there and like there's a whole museum attached to it. Um, the That's house funny. still stands. Um, they're actually in the midst of trying to sell it or they were trying oh. to sell it. And then um, <laughs> sort of slightly funnier is um, 
the guy who owns it now is very protective of it. And I think he like lives across the street even. Right. Um, but it's very much a business. And then he put it up for sale. And, uh, but prior to that, he got into like a street argument with one of the actors in the movie. I want to say it was one of the, the bullies or, uh, it was like a side character. It wasn't even like one of the main kids, but one of the kids, apparently like there was like, uh, yeah, uh, accusations that he was like uh, the the kid from the movie was was trying to get people to come on his side and do like a GoFundMe to buy the house because he wanted to buy the house, and you know I think the guy who currently owns it was being pressured like oh come on let the guy who was in the movie buy it from you for like a you know like, like a lot less than you get for it, and so he was obviously all all annoyed with that and um but drama. I, where it gets dramatic and kind of like, uh, just that now you're just taking this like nice movie that like people enjoy watching around the holidays and turning it into like, you know, just trying to milk it for all you have is like, there's like, you know, the guy who owns the house, the kid from the movie, they're trying to like, you know, hang on to the glory from 1983 of the one movie. But yes, but however, yes, if you were in Cleveland, <laughs> you can go and uh, see the house, stay at the house. Um, or even just visit the museum that's attached. They have a p- bunch of stuff there. It's supposed to be pretty cool. There's so um, much around this the this whole movie. It created, like you said, yeah. it created like a whole universe. I didn't yeah. know that this whole like now I can't unsee it now that I've read this. Yeah, the people that made Wonder Years says said that like the entire style of how Wonder Years was written and created is based off of a Christmas story. Really, just that narration and those that. like you said yeah. those vignettes and these tiny stories and the way that it goes. It's was so like closely related to how they created and shot it that um, Peter Billingsley later on appears as yeah. a roommate of Kevin Arnold in the final episodes. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Huh. As like an homage to where they an homage to where they. Yeah. They started. Um, That's another one we have to do because Wonder Years to me is like one of the greatest shows. Yeah. Ever created. Uh, I haven't gone back and watched it in a while, but I have to go back. And also, I mean, the fact that, you know, Mar- Marv is the narrator. So I yeah. can't unlove that. Um, before we before we end it all. <laughs> we're going to end it all? This we're is the episode? All. I can't take it anymore. Um, I, yeah, I wanted to touch on there are a slew of attempts to create sequels for this movie. And I have some are better nine. than others. I haven't watched I, any. So I've watched one. I've watched one. There's a YouTuber. I think it's called Hats Off Entertainment that did a really good video um, where he went through trying to find one of these like lost sequels that apparently was like something produced for like the Disney Channel. He has a better explanation of it. But like, yeah, there was like some direct to TV, like made for TV movies. There was like a a few like direct to, to video movies. The one that was we'll call it good was uh, a movie that originally was titled it runs in the family. Eventually it was renamed to my summer story, which I guess, you know, connects it to like a Christmas story. That one stars Kieran Culkin. Oh, uh, I did read about that in this little fancy article. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gene Shepard's still the narrator by, but this, this becomes like a, like a, a summer story. It's instead of Christmas story. Um, where it hangs on to a little bit of like the the concepts of it. And by the way, for what it's worth, I don't believe um 
I believe, or maybe I, I, I don't know. I think the, I think this movie is the only other one that was still based on Gene Shepard's writing. Okay. Whereas all the others kind of just like, you know, steal the IP and just like, yeah, you know, it was Christmas story too, you know, a Christmas prequel. Um, but um, yeah, this this hangs on to like there is like a overarching thread and then there is some vignettes, but it still has this one's a little bit more of an actual storyline. Also, Charles Grodin is the father who plays the old man. Um, okay. I love Charles Grodin. But this one, yeah, this one had a good cast. It was it was Charles Grodin, Kiernan Culkin, Mary uh, Steenberg, Virgin, which I can't pronounce her name, um, who were the, who were the main cast. So he actually had some like a little bit of star power there and they were, you know, there's that. But aside from um, that, there was a Broadway show in 2012 yes. in which Peter Billingsley was a producer for it, written yes. by uh, the same two geniuses that wrote La La Land and The Greatest Showman. No, as I say, Peter Billingsley, apparently, I mean, if you look at the names, he pulls so in around him. More, and it's like, yeah. He's a good producer. Good for him. Um, um, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Yeah. When I was looking for the one little fact there, uh, in 2010, the person that played Randy lived in the house he made friends with the person that owned it lived <laughs> he quit acting yeah. he pursued a design a graphic design career he befriended the owner asked if yeah. he could reside up there for a few months he lived in the house and then he moved onto the third floor and gave tours and hosted meet and greets with the visitors Jeez. in 2010 <laughs> that i mean that's holding on baby i mean can you imagine being like oh hey look we're in we're in Columbus, let's go visit. I, I, you know, I just saw on TikTok or whatever. You can go see. You can go see the Christmas Story House, right? You go there, and then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, I'm, uh, I, I was. I played uh, a five year old. I was Randy. Hold on, let me go get my snowsuit. Let me go get yeah. my snowsuit. <laughs> He's in slippers, you know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, there has been so many freaking sequels of this movie, and then apparently there was another one. Called a Christmas Story Two. Do you know who played the father in this one in a Christmas Story Two? Daniel Stern. Bringing it back. Yeah, full circle now. Woo-hoo. That's two Christmas movies for Daniel Stern at least. Under the um, belt. Oh, by the way, before I leave that one, a Christmas Story Two, and I, I'm I'm just vaguely running through this. By the way, um, it's six years later from the original movie, and I think at this point now he also has like a love interest. You know, there's like a love interest oh. for Ralphie. Okay, Ralphie. You know, he's growing up. Yeah. Playing with his Red Rider, just not his BB gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's and then the new one which came out, and there's also by the way, I mean, I mean, I, I'm skipping over this, but yes, there is another lost sequel in here somewhere. The new one is a Christmas Story Christmas. I've heard this one is actually great. Like the the Christmas Story, like yeah. purists are like, it feels like the same visit. It's basically he his dad dies, and he's yeah. like an aspiring science fiction writer and his dad dies so he goes back home to uh comfort his mom and brings his kids with him because he wants to recreate a perfect christmas like he had the year he got his red rider bb gun for his children who haven't been able to experience that so to me if you're gonna do it he they did it the right way like yeah i wish the other ones didn't exist so that this could come when he's an adult with his family and his kids and you know, this one's based in the seventies. Yeah. So he's essentially, you know, the. Yeah. What's the, the time dad. jump? Do we know? Nineteen seventy-three. Thirty-three years after the first film. Okay. Jeez. Wow. Okay. So if it's thirty-three years, he's in his forties then. 
yeah so he's a he's a real dad and he's a you know no one wants to publish his book and he's sad and his dad dies so he moves home and he brings his wife and his kids and uh his buddy owns the bar and his other friend's a loser i think it's gonna be good i can't wait to watch it and even if it's not at least i don't know i like that it's him playing the the dad and yeah there there will be some nostalgia there well merry christmas everybody hope everyone had a great christmas and hanukkah or whatever you celebrate we did two christmas episodes this season we did that, By the time uh, this airs, you will have listened to yeah. the Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah. Home Alone. <laughs> I've only had one What's cocktail f- during this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good time. This was so fun. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Bye.